You may remember that on the 21st of August of 2017 here in Florida, we had a very interesting phenomenon happen. Uh, some of us were prepared. Some of us were not prepared. So we scrambled around going to Amazon Prime, trying to order those special uh, sunglasses that would allow you to stare at that maybe two or three time in a lifetime event known as an eclipse. Now, I didn't plan it, so I was doing that. I was one of those doing the Amazon Prime thing. Uh, and it didn't get there necessarily in time. But uh, my daughter came back from St. Barnabas School, and she said, Dad, don't worry, you, 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 can, you can stare at the sun. I, I, they, they showed me a way in school in which you can stare at the sun during an eclipse. And so she grabbed a magnifying glass and pointed it up at the sun. I thought to myself, what are they teaching in school these days? <laughs> and then um, she pulled out a white piece of paper, put it on the, on the, the, on the floor or on the ground outside, and uh, she had the sun reflect through the magnifying glass, and then it was an inverted picture on the white piece of paper. Well, you're looking at the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. It's impossible to stare at the sun without damaging your eyesight. And I don't mean S-U-N, I mean S-O-N. He's amazingly beautiful. He's amazingly kind. He is amazingly brilliant. He has a glory that is incredible. These passages that we read, whether it's the story in Exodus of beholding God's glory and it being so dazzling that it, it changes us, or we read about the story of being eyewitnesses of that glory in 2 Peter, or we read in the psalm how it says we're supposed to worship God on his holy hill, and it's so breathtaking that you write a whole poem about it. Well, Peter, James, and John get to experience a bit of that. This passage of the Transfiguration tells us three things. There are the faces that we have. There's the faces that we wear or the faces that we put on and the faces that we will become. I mean, there's this story um, that C.S. Lewis wrote called Till We Have Faces. It's a modern retelling of the story of Cupid and Psyche. And in it, one character looks to another character and, and says, I wonder why the gods won't speak to us face to face. And one character looks at the other and says, well, maybe that's because the gods are waiting until we have faces. To behold the face of Jesus is to behold the face of God. There's the faces that you and I have, the faces that we were born with, the faces that were given to us. And, and I love that every single one of our Eucharistic prayers, A, B, C, or D, all start not with on the night that he was betrayed, even though St. Paul starts the words of institution using that in 1 Corinthians. We start all the way at the very beginning. God of all glory and power, maker of the universe. It's the story of, of a God who loves us so much that he creates this universe and places us in it and makes us in his own image to reflect his glory. And just, just like the sun has its own innate glory and, and radiance, so the moon doesn't have its own, but it reflects that radiance. You and I were made 
to reflect that radiance. That's the face that you were given at birth. That's the image of God that was bestowed upon you. And the reason why, why it's so amazing to treat other people with dignity and respect because you are speaking to someone else made in the image of God. But then secondly, there's the faces that we wear, the faces that we put on. Now, um, you know, I love St. Augustine. He wrote this amazing book called The Confessions. And it's a play on words. It's where he talks about God. He's confessing who God is. But it's, a, it's also a big coming-of-age story in which he says who he is. And you'll notice that when we come to the point where we have confession and absolution, we say two things in the confession. We say who God is, and then we say who we are. Those faces that we put on. I mean, how many of y'all ever driven down I-4? And someone cuts you off. And then something comes out of you and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, that wasn't me. Well, Sigmund Freud actually would beg to differ. He would say that that's the real you. That's the visceral you. Like, what comes out of you when someone cuts you off? And we've all been there. But that's why I love that we start with the calling for purity. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open. All desires known. You know everything. It's the story of Peter, right? I, I think when Peter says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty and glory, it, it could be that he's referencing the transfiguration there in 2 Peter. I think he is, but I think he's talking about a completely other transfiguration, one that changes him. But we'll get to that on my third point. But the second point, the faces that we wear. I have a friend and mentor who, um, in the 60s, was at a dinner party that uh, his wife, who was one of the first American supermodels and you know, on the cover of the Vogue, ma Vogue magazine, uh, tells when he was in Paris. He was uh, with uh, a man by the name of uh, Salvador Dali. You can go see his artwork over in the St. Pete area. And um, Salvador Dali has this signature tiger in his artwork. And at that party, they had that signature tiger. And as Salvador Dali sat there and looked at that tiger, he, he was looking around the party and the, the drinks were flowing and the libations were, were generous and people were on other things than just the libations. And it was, he, he just describes this glorious thing. And he was seeing the tiger in all his glory in the presence of these humans. And then as he got closer to the tiger, he discovered that the tiger was declawed. And then as he got a little bit closer, he discovered that the tiger was sedated. And then as he got even closer, he discovered that the tiger had a small little chain around its neck. And as he sat there at this party, he thought, well, isn't this a metaphor of every single one of us at this party? There's the faces that we have, and then there's the faces that we put on for everyone else. And he thought... I wonder if this tiger is actually freer than I am. Freer than these European socialites, these viscounts, these barons, these supermodels. And I wonder if we're even more sedated than that tiger. But Jesus on this mountain takes the disciples up there with them. And, and he, he wants to peel back that veil 
so that we can get a peek behind the Wizard of Oz, if you will, to see what's actually happening. And, you know, you might say, oh, you'll peel back the veil and you just see it's some gentleman just pulling some levers, like in that story. But as Jesus peels it back, you get to see what was the very engine of the universe. You hear those words. As the cloud, the Holy Spirit surrounds and envelops the Son. And then the Father speaks over the Son and he says, This is my Son, my chosen one. There's the mass that we put on for everyone else. But Jesus has come to reveal who we are and reveal who he is. And in that transfiguration that I was talking about, not just on this mountain, but another one, there's the faces that we can become. Think about the story of Peter, not on that Mount of Transfiguration, but on that beach of the Sea of Galilee. Just a few days after the resurrection. And I think this is the transfiguration that really changes Peter's life. Jesus approaches Peter and Peter has massively blown it. He's betrayed Jesus. He's betrayed his master. He's denied him three times. And Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus asks him again. He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, a bit frustrated, says, well, yes, I do love you. And he says, feed my lambs. Then on the third time, the image is clear. Peter knows exactly what Jesus is hinting at. He's providing a triple obliteration to his triple betrayal and denial. Jesus is extending a forgiveness that is amazing. A forgiveness that will transfigure Peter. And what is Peter, when Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you love me? The only thing that Peter throws himself on is on the very mercy of Jesus. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know everything, the good and the bad. You know the face that I was made with. You know the face that I put on. And you still love me. And you still forgive me. That is what transfigured Peter. When I was at West Point, there was a, I was part of the Glee Club, and there was this song that we used to sing. Uh, it was called the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And there's this one line of it which says, In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. Not sure why it had to be lilies, but whatever. I guess it just kind of fit. But the point is, it says, Christ was born across the sea with the beauty in his bosom that transfigures you and me. And just as Christ died, made, died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. What that is telling us is that Jesus gave his life for us to transfigure each of us, to transfigure the way we look at the world, the way we look at one another. I mean, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, we must forgive one another and we must forgive the inexcusable in others because God in Christ 
has forgiven the inexcusable in us. And I love that because you have Moses and Elijah appear and they're talking to Jesus. And what does it say? It says, and they were speaking to Jesus about his departure. Departure, that's a really weird term. But when you look it up in Greek, you know what it says? You know what Moses is talking to Jesus about? His exodus. The exodus that Jesus was going to accomplish on the cross. Not just to make men holy, but to make men and women free. That we would be able to be transfigured, transform and change and bring that love to others. Bring that forgiveness that, that this world is so desperately in need of. That forgiveness that could put an end to the strife in Ukraine, to the, to the strife throughout the world. There are 10 different major conflagrations happening right now around the world. There's about 50 small wars around the world and 244, according to the UN, small skirmishes throughout the world. If only we could bring that same forgiveness that we received to others, then we could see this world transformed and we could see the veil torn back and not just see Jesus for who he is, but see ourselves for who he wants to turn us into and who he wants to turn everyone else into. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that on the Mount of Transfiguration, you not only transfigured your son, but you transfigured all of creation. You transfigured us that we might live lives that please you, lives that bring your truth, beauty, and justice everywhere we go. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your Holy Spirit has pulled back the veil from our eyes that we can behold only Jesus and thereby get a glimpse of your Creation. Amen.